0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. My name is Dr. Emily Rauch, and I am a certified chiropractic sports physician that specializes in helping pole dancers recover from injuries and get stronger. We'll be chatting about movement and pole, and you know, just a little bit of life. Welcome. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Movement podcast. Um, Samson's in here with me. He's just hanging out. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that he had some, like, emergency vet visits um, last week, but he's doing a lot better. He is also having a tumor removed next week, so we're in this, like, weird limbo of me just, like, worrying about how his surgery is going to go, but... um we need, we need a tumor to be removed so that he can walk normally because it's like right by his shoulder blade. So he's like having a hard time walking. Um, but his stomach issue is resolved. So yay for that. I am so sorry for missing last week. I was in Denver for a sports chiropractic conference and was literally sitting in the first day of like lectures. And I'm like, oh my God, today's Friday. I forgot to record a podcast before I went. And I had all of the best intentions of sitting in my hotel room and like recording a quickie podcast, but that didn't end up happening because as I was chilling, kind of listening to some speakers talk about things that like weren't super relevant to how I run my business, um, I realized that Jack the Stripper was going to be in Denver. And so I was like, well, I know what I'm doing tonight. And I did not record a podcast. Um, I also kind of got like altitude sick. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, it was a lot more challenging to be at that level of elevation than I, I thought it was. My heart rate was through the roof. Um, I was getting really dizzy. I'm honestly still having like some weird dizzy spells, which happened when I got back from Hawaii too. So I don't know, my brain is like not loving flying in being at like drastically different altitudes, both like sea level to what Denver is like double the elevation than Boise is. So um love that for my body I don't it actually really sucks overall the conference went pretty well um it's interesting because a lot of more like more traditional sports chiropractic is interacting with people in person and having like hands-on ways of working with people and I do have a clinic here in Boise where I do treat people like hands-on and in person but the majority of my practice is working with people through my pole performance program, which is my three month online, like I call it a coaching program, but it's like a rehab slash coaching, um, making you a better performer, meaning your like ability to perform skills, not like me choreographing a routine for you. And so a lot of, a lot of the stuff that is shared, um, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, how do I apply it when I can't actually touch the people that I work with? So it, um, I actually – I do enjoy it because it, like, forces me to, like, think outside of the box. Um, but up, at the other hands when it's, like, two hours of, like, talking about hands-on skills, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to help, like, me right now. Um But, yeah, overall, it was great, minus the fact that I had to argue. Did I have to argue? No. Did I choose to argue? Yes. With – a vendor, an orthotic vendor who like would not believe that I specialize in pole dancers. And I was like, dude, I don't know why you're trying to argue with me about my own freaking business. Like what is happening? Anyways, um, zero out of 10 recommend that conversation. I wish I could go back and just be like, oh, sorry, I I need to leave and like go back to listen to the speaker tell me about how walking is important. And it is important. But not a topic that I needed to listen to for one whole hour. So overall, an interesting experience. Um, potentially, potentially, I'm going to put this like gently out to the universe. I've had the idea of presenting myself at one of these symposiums because I'm really tired of hearing stories about pole dancers and just like aerialists and circus artists in general going in to see sports physicians and them having no idea about what's going on with our bodies and me not that I like don't mind filling the gap but it's also frustrating when it's like you wouldn't treat a baseball player with this much like confusion why are you treating a pole dancer like you don't understand the shoulder um so yeah I've had the idea of putting my name in the hat I guess to say like I can make a a presentation and talk about this specific specific um, niche of athletes, and I also think it would be really cool to have like a portable stage pole on the stage with me talking, and have someone like perform different tricks, like harder tricks, and be like, okay, so you have someone come in, and they say that they're having shoulder pain when they're doing an Aisha and like have someone be an Aisha and like have them be on spin and spin around in front of everyone which I think would be cool and I think would be a really intriguing speech to listen to like as a participant in many of these symposium things like I think having a live athlete doing skills and being like okay like let's walk through what their body is doing and like what muscles are doing the things that they are doing to be able to get in this position and like how do you help someone if they come into your office um so potential for that i get like excited thinking about it because i think it would be really cool but then i also don't particularly love being in front of people um especially like people that are not part of the poll community. I love giving workshops like at poll studios where I know everyone It like is doing the same thing, but just being around non pole people and talking about poll stuff, I get pretty anxious about it. So maybe, maybe that'll be my plan for the next year is to like work on my public speaking um, skills so that I can give this presentation. So yeah, that was my wrap up for last week. Um, and what I want to talk about in this week's episode is a little bit about why I developed my online program because I I realize that I haven't talked about it a lot um, lately and I need to be better at explaining kind of my why behind the the way that I work with people because I think it's really important. So the three tenets of my online training program which is called the pole performance program is assess address and achieve and I picked the alliteration because I like alliterations but also because they're like the three areas that I wish more pole dancers paid attention to and a trend that I've noticed in the pole world and it doesn't matter really where you train unfortunately and also want to realize like I'm biased so the people that I talk to tend to be injured. So I hear people's injury stories and I'm noticing quite a few themes with the people that I talk to. And here they are. Very typical pole dancer journey. They go to a class, they really truly enjoy whatever aspect of it, whether it's like the strength, the creativity, the sexuality, the blend of the things, the community, and they become obsessed so they go from taking zero pole classes, maybe they have a movement background, maybe they don't. I feel like that's like 50-50 whether or not people come into pole with a movement background. And then also if we you do have a movement background, it's like pretty split between like did you grow up dancing, did you grow up doing like gymnastics-y things, or did you grow up doing like more quote-unquote traditional sports so you're like a runner or you played soccer or you played basketball or volleyball and some aspects of like dance and gymnastics translate depending upon what style of pole you're doing but not a lot of the like quote-unquote more traditional sports do the movement patterns tend to, to help you be a better pole dancer minus the fact that like you might be stronger because you're used to hopefully being um like in the weight room with the more traditional sports because they tend to require or like more push people going into the weight room so being like just like in general stronger anyways so they become obsessed maybe they have the movement background that can help them be more adaptable more adapted to pole dancing maybe not and there's really no like checks when you sign up for pole classes in a a lot of cases let me say that so Some studios I know have like series where you go into like an intro level thing and it's like four to six weeks of like intro classes and then you can, you know, like test into level one, test into level two, blah, blah, blah. Um, Other studios don't. They just kind of have, you know, like Here's the three intro classes that we have this week. Here's the two beginner classes that we have this week. And there's not necessarily someone like checking off your skills to be able to do things. Then there's also like choreo classes and like floor work classes and like a bunch of classes that you can take. And when someone that likes a way of moving and there's not anyone there kind of saying like, let's rein it in, Um, you can do too much. You can do too much too fast. You can do just too much in general. You can kind of rush the body's process of adapting things. And depending upon, I'm going to say just like the person and then also the instructor that they go to, it's a very delicate balance, right? Of like me as a student saying, I really want to take a bunch of classes. Obviously, that's going to benefit the studio. It's going to benefit the instructor because I'm paying money to take more classes. So them saying like, hey, I don't think you're quite ready to take the number of classes that you're taking kind of is a conflict of like their business practice. But then also on the flip side, the trend that I'm seeing is so many people go like zero to a thousand and then at some point they end up injured. And the injury rates in pole dancers are like disastrously high, like 85% of people reporting an injury at some point during their pole journey, which means like eight out of 10 people, 8.5 out of 10 people, but there can't be a half a person. So maybe we round up to nine, end up having an injury at some point. How catastrophic that injury is ranges, you know, from like, oh, my shoulder kind of hurt to like, oh, I dislocated my shoulder to, oh, I tore my hamstring. Um, And it's a, A trend that I don't think needs to exist and I am forever trying to find the best way to present information and to like provide solutions where this isn't a trend that is just happening to people where they take too many classes, they do too much, their body can't adapt, they end up hurt. Then they have to like take a giant step back, go through a rehab process that may or may not be adequate enough for what they're asking their body to do for them to build back up to the same level of pull that they were pre-injury. And in my experience, a lot of people, when they get hurt, depending upon how severely they get hurt, they may never train the same. Like they may be like, you know what? I'm like, I'm okay. I'm not going to be doing any like crazy things because it's like not worth the risk. Um, Where, well, I don't know, I fully will respect that like, you know, people deciding that things are not worth the risk. But it's like, if we would have went through the entire process, like more efficiently and usually it's more more slowly and made sure that we had the required like strength and mobility and flexibility for you to attempt the moves that you want to attempt and like just being okay with the fact that that it may take longer than you anticipated or that you wanted to that we could significantly reduce the number of pole dancers that are injured which when I was developing my program, those those were kind of the things that I was thinking about. And then the more that I work with people, the more obvious it seems like these are the things that we need to be aware of. And I think I said them before, but I also have been talking for like 15 minutes already. And so forgive me, but it's one, assessing where you are. And assessing where you are in like a very neutral way, because people tend to, Like unfortunately put a lot of like morality things into whether or not they can do certain things or like move certain ways or their body looks certain ways. And that's not what I'm trying to project at all. But like really just being like, okay, for pole dancing, I need at least 180 degrees of shoulder flexion and I need to be able to get to 180 degrees of shoulder flexion without compensating through my low back, without having my lats pull on my lumbar spine into Low back extension. I need to be able to be completely neutral and have the range of motion to get my arm completely over my head. Spoiler alert, most pole dancers cannot do that. They do not have 180 degrees of shoulder flexion. We wonder why shoulder injuries are so high in pole dancers. And so, having that be something that, and like throughout the entire body, so like shoulder flexion was just the example that I used, but like a way of saying here is where your body is right now we are going to assess your current starting point for your body right now and then what are you asking for your body to be able to do okay maybe you're not doing moves that require 180 degrees of shoulder flexion right now but you do want to handspring at some point you do want to have your aisha you do want to have your butterfly so we need to start working on You gaining that mobility and then also strength and that more extreme range of motion, so that when you get to the like technical level of you wanting to be able to attempt any trick that requires full overhead flexion, that your body is already there. So, we've done an assessment and then we're working on addressing the things that we need to address, whether that's, you know, shoulder, hip, thoracic spine neck range of motion like whatever variables your body needs for you to be able to do the tricks that you want to be able to do and doing them doing that assessment earlier in the process as opposed to waiting until people are wanting to attempt a trick and then them finding out mid attempt that they don't have the whatever it is the strength the mobility the flexibility to get into that position and then they get hurt and so now not only do we need to address the injury, like rehab the injury, we also need to work on all of the pre things that like you should have been working on when you first started entering into poll. And so the final portion of how I work with people after we've done the assessment, we're working on addressing the things that we need to be able to address is you being able to achieve the skills that you want to be able to achieve. And I really like this three-step process for a few different reasons. Because one, it reduces your risk of injury, and it does like it does not prevent you ever being injured. Like I want to make that abundantly clear because you can have all the range of motion, all the strength, all the things, and like lose your grip and fall out of a move and end up being hurt. Um, That chance is it's always there, but it drastically reduces your risk of being injured because you know where your current skill set is. Like there's not necessarily guesswork going in. You can look at different moves, different positions, different tricks and be like, okay, I want to be able to do a plus sign, for example. Well, I can't do the middle splits. And so me attempting to do a plus sign position on the pole like a true plus sign position isn't going to work because I don't have the hip range of motion to be able to get into that position. So I can choose to force myself into it and potentially tear my adductor. And that is like a year long rehab process. Or I can say, I'm going to sit out this move. And instead I'm going to, I don't know, maybe work on my middle splits while everyone else is attempting it. Or I'm going to work on half of a plus sign. So I'm going to have one leg be straight and another leg be bent so that I'm staying within my like safe movement range for where I am right now. But then on the same aspect, I'm going to be actively working on addressing my limitations in that middle split range of motion so that in the future, when I have that range of motion, I'm able to achieve the skills that I want to be able to achieve. So I've assessed myself, I'm working on addressing the things that I need to address and then in the future I'll be able to achieve it. And the time frame that it takes for that is a little bit on like how much work am I willing to put into addressing this limitation that I have outside of the studio. And for some of us, it's going to take more work and for other people, it'll probably come a little bit more naturally, Um, but like it takes work, right? Like addressing your own like mobility, flexibility, and strength limitations, like it takes the body weeks, months, sometimes years to develop the range of motion and the strength to be able to do things. Especially if you're starting as an adult, right? Like only we could go back and work on these things as a child. But if you're anything like me and you started entering into the circus world with not a dance background, not a lot of flexibility background, um, in their like late 20s, it's going to take a long time for my body to adapt to these more extreme ranges of motion in especially like in like hip stuff. Um, my own body personally, other people's bodies adapt a lot better. Um, my hips are, are quite tight, but being able to assess and then like work on things outside of it is where more people need to be in the pole world. Which brings up a post that I posted this mm, sometime in the past like week or so. And it is about putting in the work to be able to achieve a trick that you want to be able to achieve. So I said, you can want to be able to do a trick, but have you put in the work to be able to do it. And one of the other themes that I see in pole dancers is people thinking that they're entitled to be able to do a trick at a certain point like I've been pole dancing for five years so like I should be able to invert I've been pole dancing for seven years so I should be able to do a splitting move whatever and if you haven't put in the time to like actually make sure that you are able to achieve that move meaning like you've done an assessment and figured out like okay, what do what limitations do I need to address to be able to achieve this trick and then put in the work to be able to do that? You're not entitled to be able to do something just because you've been pole dancing for X number of years. And I had a really interesting comment um, on that post. And to be honest with you, I deleted it because I I have a really hard time with people coming like kind of out of left field and saying that I'm, implying things that I'm not implying so I'm just gonna like say it here because I don't I didn't intend for it to come across that way and I don't really understand where they they got to this um everyone's body is different and so if you are someone that is this particular person they said that they were a plus size pole dancer and they've been working really hard and me assuming that they can't do a trick because they're not trying hard or not putting in the work came across really shamey and that wasn't my intention. And if that's how people took it, I apologize. But you also, well, I apologize, period. And then also, if you have a body shape that you know some moves are going to be more challenging with um, and that, you know, like if you're trying to get upside down and the majority of your body mass is like in your lower body, that's going to be harder for you than someone who doesn't have a thicker lower body. And that's just physics. Um, and that doesn't mean that plus size pole dancers can't do really hard and like crazy tricks because we all know that they can. It's just, there's like another like barrier that you may have to overcome to be able to do some of the tricks, which means that you're going to have to put in more work than other people to be able to achieve things. You know, someone, and I think it goes with like all different things. So like I, and I'm gonna use myself as an example just because I feel like I have the right to talk shit about myself a little bit. I look like, if you look at me, like I should be very flexible, but I don't have a movement background with like extreme ranges of motion. And so if I am comparing myself to someone that grew up doing ballet, that grew up doing dance, that grew up doing gymnastics, and they already have this like, advantage over me and like good for them because they they had the like blessings to be able to do those sort of movements growing up um I'm going to have to put in significantly more work to be at the same level as that person and so there it's not the same right like I'm not trying to say that it's going to be equal work around the thing like you only have to work x number and you have to work x number no one person might have to put in like level one work to be able to achieve a trick someone else might have to put in level 100 work to be able to achieve a trick and like one person isn't better than the other but like you have to address your own limitations to be able to achieve the things that you want to be able to achieve and meet your body where it is and that might mean you don't invert for three years and you are working Your ass off for three years to be able to invert. And you're looking at people that invert on their like third class. And that can be really disheartening, but that's not me shaming either person. It's just, you have different realities and you have to just meet yourself where your reality is and put in the work to be able to do the things that you want to be able to do. And then if at some point you decide you don't want to put in the work, that's fine. Don't put in the work. But then don't assume that you're going to be able to do tricks because you want to be able to do them. Like you're not entitled to be able to do any movement thing if you haven't busted your ass to be able to do that, whatever level of work that is. And I bring this up because it it kind of circles, well, it does circle back to all of this is that a lot of people end up being injured because They feel like they should be able to do something, not going through any of the previous steps. So they haven't like done a very like point blank assessment of themselves to be like, do I have the strength to be able to do this? Do I have the mobility to be able to do this? Do I have the flexibility to be able to do this? Do I have the coordination to be able to do this? They look at people in their classes being able to do things. They look at people on Instagram being able to do things and have a major disconnect between their reality and what they're seeing happen in other people's bodies and assume and I'm going to use the word entitled again feel like they're entitled to be able to attempt that for whatever reason whether it's like sheer curiosity or like I think I should I could do it I just want to be able to try or what I don't know what goes through people's heads um and maybe it goes well for them maybe it doesn't the people that once again I'm biased because the people that I interact with are people where it did not go well for them and that is is hard it's really hard it's hard for the person because they feel a lot of feelings whether it's like frustration or sadness and a lot of people will beat themselves up because they're like I don't know why I thought I was ready for this trick I just for some reason, thought I was got excited, got had that adrenaline, that athlete brain kick in, and then now sitting is incredibly painful. Now walking is incredibly painful. Like these really basic skills, like life skills, are something that they're having to work their ass off to be able to do. Let alone building up to be able to do pole tricks again. And while I'm more than happy, happy to help people on this journey it's at the same time it's like a little bit devastating to like see this pattern over and over again um and experience the frustration and the tears and the the hardships that people go through when it's like if we could like just go back in time and be like are you ready to attempt this trick like yes no and that is my i guess long-term goal is to like i don't know maybe i need to create some sort of resource where it's like do you have access to this range of motion yes no then here are tricks that are accessible to you <laughs> if yes and if no here are other things that you can do on the poll and like here's a plan for you to be able to um do it which is what i do on a, like a one-on-one level in my program is we go through a really in-depth movement assessment and then highlight what do you need to address to be able to achieve the things that you want to achieve. But um, I'm just thinking globally here. How can I have a bigger impact beyond people working with me one-on-one? Speaking of which, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? It would be really great if I had a head-to-toe movement assessment and a plan to address all of my limitations. That is literally why I designed this program. So send me a message and we can chat about working together And no, I don't have my prices listed anywhere because sometimes I can work with people for one session. Sometimes I need to work with you for a year for you to be able to do the things that you need to be able to do. And I don't know which one of those you're going to fall into until I talk to you. And then I also don't know how much interaction you're going to need from me to feel successful and supported while we're working together. So there are too many variables for me to say, this is what it costs to work with me with peace and love. Schedule a free discovery call and I will be very, very clear about what I think you would benefit from and how much it costs if I can help you um, on that call. Back to our regular scheduled um, plan. I think I'm going to wrap it up with I want pole dancers to feel successful. I want us to use established exercise science principles in our training. I want us to treat ourselves like Athletes, and I know that can be a controversial statement in the pole world, but let us not forget that pole is incredibly athletic and incredibly challenging. And pretending like it's not is leading to the injury rates that we are seeing in pole dancers. And it doesn't matter if you are staying on the floor and rolling around, that's still very challenging for people that have not allowed their body to adapt. To what they're asking their body to do and then it skyrockets up to the crazy tricks that you see like all of them are athletic feats it's just kind of the um, level of athletic feats that you're asking your body to do and the amount of adaptations that you need your body to go through to be able to do what you're wanting to do but pole is hard Pole is really fucking hard and I don't want people to miss out on enjoying this amazing art form of movement, the community, the connections that come with it due to us pretending like it's just this, like, kind of floofy thing of moving because it's not. (laughs) It's really hard. The injuries that I've seen people experience doing this are very real, and some of them have some pretty drastic consequences for people. Um, Talking, like, we'll not never move the same, but we're looking at, like, years of continuous rehab for them to be back to where they were prior to them attempting something that they weren't ready for. So that is my kind of soapboxy episode for this lovely Friday. Assess, Address, Achieve are the three main tenets of working with me through my poll performance program. They are the three main kind of filter things that I tend to use when I'm posting content on Instagram for the most part, Um, trying to find the best way to share information that I know that can help the pole world because if I haven't said it recently, I love pole dancing. It's changed my life. It is something that I cannot imagine not having be part of my life and I don't want people to be hurt as frequently as they are and want people to do this for a long time in a healthy and sustainable manner, which means that we have to kind of dial it back and allow our bodies to adapt to the crazy things that we're asking it to do. So on that note, I will let you all go. Um, I will share um, my contact information in the show notes so that if you have questions about anything that I talked about during this episode that you can reach out to me And then once again, let me know what you think about the intro music. Maybe go back and re-listen to it again. And then if you have thoughts one way or another, I would love to hear them. Um, And then, yeah, wish the ducky a happy surgery next week because he's having surgery on the 25th. And I'm nervous for him. It should be fine. Um, But anyways, I'll let you all go. Have a wonderful day. And I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.